hello, hello, and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fucked Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Cue in the applause. What is up, Fucked Up Fam? It's your girl. You already know the drill, but if you don't, here it goes. That Show Fuck Me Up is a podcast where I talk about TV shows that fuck me up. Simple, straight to the point. This season, I'm covering the first generation of Skins UK. Yes, I fucking am, mate. That was me attempting to speak with a British accent. I failed. I'm going to continue to try to do that throughout the episode and throughout the season. So just a little trigger warning. So this is episode five of, you know, uh, Skins UK. So if you have been listening to the other episodes, go back to the start of this season, which is season 11. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, updates, personal I just had the most exhausting week, literally the most exhausting fucking week. So I work at a university and we hosted a conference. So usually it like rotates between universities or whatever. And it landed on us this year. So I wasn't part of the planning, but I had to be there all three days. And if you know me, I only go to work Tuesdays and Wednesdays in office. So I had to go in on Thursday, exhausting. The first day I was there at 7.45 and left like around 8, 8.15 p.m. Over, over 12 hours. So great. It's so much fun. And then the second day I was there again, same time in the morning and left like around 9.40. <laughs> I mean, did they provide food and alcohol the whole weekend? Yes, yes. But since it's local, I don't get a hotel. So like the people that were coming from other places were really close to the venue of where we hosted. But I was in La Mesa and I live kind of far away and I'm exhausted. So yeah, I mean, Thursday was pretty chill. It ended earlier. But it was great. It was a good conference. I networked a bit. I, I, it's just, I like being able to speak up and like really know or like really give off that vibe that I know what I'm talking about. And I do. And I do because I'm smart. I'm talented. I am a great resource to the organization that I'm part of because it is what it is. Like, <laughs> The organization that I work for is lucky to have me. And no, that's just, I mean, it's the truth. And that's me at my humblest moment. Yes, it is. I'm so glad. So I'm recording this on October 28th. It's a Saturday. It's 11.33 a.m. I just ate the most delicious breakfast. I made myself some chilaquiles. Also, my friend Joanne, a.k.a. Chaos, a.k.a. Tiny Psycho, um, she has a chicken coop. So she got me chicken eggs. And I made myself some chilaquiles with some fresh chicken eggs on the side with some beans. Oh, it was delicioso. Yum. Also, for the people that learned that are like, I'm trying to think. Because delicioso reminded me of Dora the Explorer. <laughs> My attention span and me keeping track of a thought is so hard for me sometimes. I just, 
I'm completely off the rails. It's fine. It's fine. Again, I had a tough week. However, tomorrow, I'm super fucking excited. Fuck the fam. So tomorrow is a community segment for the San Diego Latinx New Play Festival. It's going to be hosted at La Jolla Playhouse. I had already mentioned it in, in one of my previous episodes. They're going to uh, do a stage reading of four of my 10-minute plays. They're going to do one titled uh inside the turtle shell which i think is going to be the closer and it's a tearjerker they're going to do estelita mi estreguita which is my revenge play that i'm expanding into a full-length play they're going to do one called cafecito and then the last one is called lunch limpias so i am so excited and it's worked to great uh it's amazing to work with a director that i trust a thousand percent and that i know some of the actors that are going to be acting on my piece so i'm just ah. I'm, first of all, I'm just super grateful for the opportunity. However, I do have a few words that I would like to address to the La Jolla Playhouse right now. So the La Jolla Playhouse is hosting. It's the first year that they're hosting the San Diego Latinx New Play Festival. And, okay, I'm trying to find a way to, like, really put my words together. If... You're going to give an opportunity to the, you know, this new play festival that's specifically for Latinos. I think you should really be a champion for that. Let me try to explain what I'm trying to say. So. The La Jolla Playhouse is known internationally. Do you think, do you think that they have even posted about the San Diego Latinx New Play Festival in their Instagram, in their social media? Not a fucking peep. Not a fucking peep. They're posting about their big events. They're posting about their, you know, their big shows. They're the, the shows that they bring from Broadway. But I feel that if you're really going to highlight Latinx voices, you should make an effort. And right now, it's such a passive effort. Like, yeah, we'll host you. We'll give you a small room so that you could do your little stage readings because we, quote, unquote, care about the Latinx community, quote, unquote. Tell me why this event was sold out even before I knew that I was going to be a part of it. And you're going to say, that's amazing. We love that the Latinx New Play Festival is sold out. They gave us such a small venue. I'm a UCSD alumni. There are a bunch of venues within UCSD that could have been used so that there could be more ticket sales. There could be more people attending. I'm anxious because my parents didn't give tick didn't get tickets because again the event is sold out because they're hosting in a small venue and it's just like they told me not to worry about it my friend Mabel is like don't worry about it we'll figure it out you know you're the play route for the community segment it's fine but I'm anxious because I'm just like what if my parents get there and they can't get in and they're driving up from my hometown and I, I know tomorrow's going to go great, and I really hope there's no hiccups, but it's just so frustrating. 
like, do y'all really care? Or do you just want the recognition? Like, oh, we're so great. Look, look at what we did. We hosted the San Diego Latinx New Play Festival. Mm, I have thoughts. Also, when I applied to for the MFA program, the playwriting MFA program at UC San Diego, I was not accepted. It's fine, you know, it's fine. I was just starting out. It was the first full length I've ever written. But let me tell you something. Hi, I'm still here. My plays are being read in the La Jolla fucking playhouse. I'm still here. You're never going to get rid of me. You're going to get sick, sick of hearing my name. Because I'm going to make it big. I'm going to make it big. And then you can brag and be like, oh, she had her stage reading in for 10-minute plays here way back way, way back when. Uh, Lohea Playhouse, do better. Do better. Really market these types of events to show the community that you care. I, I have thoughts. Okay, moving on to, like, other things. So... Did y'all ever watch Degrassi, The Next Generation? So another show that raised me, Degrassi, The Next, the, not the new, The Next Generation, raised me growing up. I loved it. I fucking loved it. So my favorite uh, character growing up was Emma. But when I rewatched it as an adult, I'm like, I fucking hate Emma. Why is this bitch so fucking annoying? And it just shows how you, like, uh, like grow up and transition from like the person you were when you were a child to the person you are uh, like you currently are as an adult it was so interesting for me to rewatch. also it's the show that put Aubrey Graham aka Drake on the map yes he was a child star um, or a teen star I don't know so I was like thinking I was like what is an iconic costume and you know I Okay, for those of you that have watched it, there is this iconic fucking episode of Degrassi The Next Generation where Emma's best friend, Manny Santos, transitions into a woman, into a butterfly. And how does she do that? She dresses like a slut to school with like super low-rise jeans, a blue thong peeking through, and like this like a uh, crop top, like baby blue shirt and like a little... Uh, hat. That's what I wanted to. That's what I'm dressing up as. Do I have any plans for Halloween? No, no, I don't. I. <laughs> it's on a Tuesday. I have work the next day, but I have my little costume. Like I'm so excited. So I, I was like, you know, nobody makes low rise jeans anymore, and I'm so upset by that. Well, most, no, I'm not upset. I mean, I get it because I hate low rise jeans because like, like high rise jeans just like snatches me the fuck up but i couldn't find low-rise jeans so we'll see like i don't know if i'm gonna unbutton my pants so like the thong the blue thong could poke through but it's gonna happen so i really i'm right now i'm manifesting that someone invites me to do something on halloween so that i could wear my costume thank you thank you very much also is it just me or do some of you ever just get the urge to dress up like a slut and go sit at a bar somewhere because I'm having this intense urge right now. I don't know if it's because of the lunar eclipse that it's happening. Again, it's October 28th and there's a huge lunar eclipse happening right now or like at night. 
And I just have like this urge. I'm like, I just want to get all dolled up. I want to look hot as fuck. I want a man to buy me a drink and then leave me alone. Is that too much to ask for, fucked up fam? Some days I think it is, and some days I think it's the bottom of the barrel. So I want to transition before we go into like recommendations corner. I want to transition to current events. The world is fucking falling apart. And if it's not clear to anyone, uh, to the people that are listening to me, let me be clear, okay? It's free Palestine yesterday, today, tomorrow, and always, just in case that was not initially clear. What the fuck? What the fuck? That's literally all I have to say. I am so angry and sad and upset, and I feel so little because of of the atrocities being committed to in in palestine like my brain can't comprehend lack of empathy my brain can't comprehend that the united states government and all of its allies is like you know what that's none of our business Oh, children are being murdered? That's none of my business. Communication has been cut off. And Israel is bombarding Palestine all night and all day. That's none of my business. What? What is wrong with the world? Where's people's fucking empathy? I... I'm so upset. But at the same time, I don't know what to do. I read a tweet and it was like, save the images, save the videos, make sure you keep those because I mean, everything could get wiped out now, right? Like (laughs) the fact that like I'm laughing because I'm fucking angry. The fact that Israel bombed a hospital and then they made up this like Delulu scenario where like oh uh Hamas or whatever is uh, was operating from under the hospital that's why we had to bomb it what it's just i'm just so angry and i know a lot of people are too and i hope a ceasefire comes soon my thought are my thoughts are You know when, and okay, I'm going to use something I talked about a couple episodes ago. You know when Mila Kunis and um, Ashton Kutcher wrote those letters of like defending Danny Masterson, saying that he was a good person. And I, my initial thought was, what does Danny Masterson have that would literally like, destroy Mila Kunis's and Ashton Kutcher's reputation. My thought is, my my thought process is basically the same. What does Israel have against all of these countries that are voting no for stopping the ceasefire? Or is everyone just fucking evil? Is every, every politician that is voting against stopping the ceasefire just fucking evil? 
I don't know. I really don't know. And it's scary. It's so scary. But it, my level of being scared will never compare to what's happening over there. To the families that are being annihilated. So I feel that I'm heartbroken but by what's going on in the world. And again, it's free Palestine yesterday, tomorrow, t today, always. All right? Thank you very much. And, you know, some people are like, oh, podcast shouldn't be political. Fuck you. Fuck you. How am I going to, like, not address what's going on in the world? That's not me. I'm sorry. I'm going to speak my thoughts. And maybe I have a hard time doing it in person. And maybe I'm, I'm not the most elaborate speaker or whatever but right now me myself in my room speaking into this mic I could be so honest and I just I just felt like I needed to get that off my chest thank you thank you thank you um now I'm so sad <laughs> I don't even know how to transition to like podcast updates but here we go here we go um Remember to give the podcast a five-star review at House of Visibility, wherever you listen. I am currently part of podsnetwork.com. Pods is spelled P-O-D-Z. Uh, so go check out the other podcasts on the network. And if you want to give, leave me a little voice memo, I'll, I'm going to leave the link in the episode description. Let's move on to the recommendation corner. TV shows. <sighs> Mike Flanagan does it again. And I'm sorry I'm yelling into your little headphones. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to whisper now. Just kidding. Oh, do you like that? Did you like that? Just kidding. Okay. Mike Flanagan does it again. Holy fucking shit. The fall of House Usher? It's a masterpiece. It's a fucking masterpiece. Holy fucking shit. It is so good. And mixing in Edgar Allan Poe and like the horror genre and Mike Flanagan's mind, the poetry, it's so poetic. Carla Gugino. Oh, 11 out of 10. I can't talk about how much I love this show, The Fall of House Usher, kept me on my toes every single fucking episode. Every single episode, I was in awe. I was inspired. I was heartbroken. Well, not really. Not, I was only heartbroken the last episode. Every other episode, I was just in awe. Um, But it is amazing. Hint, hint. Maybe I'll cover it for season 12. Maybe. I've never given you a hint before. I'll probably cover it for season 12. I have so much to say. I can't wait to rewatch it, honestly. The other show that I've watched, um, American Horror Stories, Stories with an S, just dropped. I've watched the first three episodes. It's good. It's good. Honestly, I think I've liked American Horror Stories more than the last. So... I didn't watch AHS New York, but I watched the one before, which was the two-parter that I fucking hated. I fucking hated so much I couldn't even finish that season. And I'm currently watching AHS Delicate. 
Um, and it's okay. I mean, but I feel like the story of the pregnant lady being impregnated and having like the spawn of Jesus or the devil or whatever the fuck. It's been done before. It's been done. Uh, Ryan Murphy, you need something fresh, something new. And I think American Horror Stories is where he's like really focusing on. The anthology, mwah, chef's kiss. A new little movie every episode, mwah, chef's kiss. I adore, j'adore. Um, and that's literally all I have to say on the <laughs> on everything. Just a little 20 minute intro. So let's get started with today's episode. All right, episode five of Skins UK season one is called Sid. So the episode starts with Sid staring at an old man um, and he's rocking out with his headphones on. And then a woman gets there to jump his bones and they start to passionately make out. And then Sid is brought back to reality and he's at school having a parent teacher conference and he was just staring at the window. And this is where he saw that like old person hookup. I mean, iconic. Uh, We love old people that are still fucking. We stand. And at the, so at the teacher uh, parent teacher conference, the teacher is like, that is exactly what I'm talking about. A lack of concentration. <laughs> Sid's dad is upset and he screams out fucking hell. And the teacher says that Sid has failed the entire year, but that uh, but that he got him an extension to try to make up his grade and how he needs to turn in a 2000 word paper and how he has two days to get it done uh Sid's dad says that he will get it done and that and how he's grounded and Sid's mom just tells the teacher that they're very grateful for the second chance in the hallway Mark Sid's dad is screaming at him and basically tells him to get his shit together and his mom is just like it's sweeter and she's like just give it a try so in outside of drama class Sid is just staring into the class but he's not going in he's like looking through the door and then Maxie is wearing like devil horns and Anwar has a halo over his head and they're playing like the devil and angel in his shoulders and Maxie's trying to convince him not to go to class and instead to go smoke weed in the green aka the lawn and Anwar tells him how that would be bad and how he's a really good boy at the end all three are like oh fuck it let's go to the green and smoke and Sid is like okay and they begin to walk away but Cassie gets there and she tells Maxie that he looks real horny because <laughs> of the horns uh, I love that I love Cassie and then she reminds Sid that they have a date tonight Sid tells her that his dad grounded him and how he has got to do coursework and Cassie is like oh wow I didn't eat for three days so that I could be lovely and Maxie and Sid exchange a look Cassie tells him how maybe she will stop by and say hello. And Sid is like, yeah, maybe. And she looks happy about the possibility of hanging out with Sid. And she just walks away. And Anwar is like, I bet she fucks like a ferret in acid. Cut to Tony reading a book in the lawn. And he then he sees the posh bitch, Abigail, coming out of class. And they exchange a look and a flirty smile. Michelle gets there and sits with Tony and she's going on about how she doesn't know which skirt to wear as Tony is distracted looking at Abigail and Michelle is asking for his opinion but he's not listening and Tony sees Sid sitting in the green by himself smoking a joint. Tony, Tony finally makes a decision and he tells Michelle to wear the yellow skirt for the concert um, and uh, the concert that they're going to go the next day and that tonight she should wear the black skirt skirt to his choir recital. 
She's confused about the choir recital. And Tony tells her that she and Sid are going to go see him sing tonight. And she's like, cool. How come? And he says, it just occurred to me how much fun it could be. Cut to Sid attempting to write the essay, but he's having a really hard time coming up with the, even the first sentence. And he's having a like a complete sp SpongeBob mo moment. Remember when he had to write that essay and he just writes a very elaborate T? Was it a T? I think so. I don't remember. Sid is like, fuck it. And he turns on his TV. And as soon as he does, his dad barges in and tells him how he warned him. And he takes his TV, his stereo, and his porn magazine. And his dad tells him how he will thank him for that one day. And then his dad falls down the stairs as he's trying to take all that shit down. So with nothing to do, Sid decides to rub one out as one does. But he doesn't have any porn. So he takes out a picture of Michelle in a bikini. And that gets him going. Mid-wank, Tony walks into his room and then he sees like Sid like rubbing one out and he's like, oh, I'm going to walk out back out and pretend I didn't see anything. So Tony does that. He walks back out and then he knocks and Sid is like, come in. And Tony explains that he figured that he would help him with his coursework. Sid tries to hide Michelle's picture, but Tony sees it and then he asks, is that a picture of my girlfriend? I wonder where that went. And he grabs it and he puts it in the computer screen. And um, Tony erases what Sid had previously written, so like a couple words. And he begins to type a few sentences that sound well put together. And then he tells Sid that it's time to go to his choir recital. Sid explains that he's grounded and Tony tells him to not be a fucking vagina and how he needs Sid to keep Michelle company and how he does not want to miss the show. Sid apologizes for rubbing one out to Michelle's picture. And he he's like, can you not tell Michelle? And Tony tells him that Michelle thinks the, wor the world of him. And then Sid's dad barges in again and yelling. But when he sees Tony, his entire demeanor changes. This man, Mark, idolizes Tony and hates his son. So Mark tells Tony that Sid has some work to do. And Tony's like, okay, hope to see you very soon, Sid. And Tony walks out and then Sid's dad lingers. And he's about to tell his son, why couldn't you be more like but then he just walks out. Cut to Sid getting ready to go to the choir show, but all of his fucking clothes are dirty, fucking disgusting. And the only shirt that is clean is a ridiculous, is like a yellow shirt with this ridiculous looking dog that if you press its, its nose, it says mega dog. So Sid comes downstairs and he hears his parents arguing about him and he accidentally presses the nose of the dog in the shirt that he's wearing and they realize that he's there listening. And his dad tells him to continue to do his coursework as they continue to talk. And then he closes the door to the kitchen and Sid sneaks out the front door. Cut to Michelle and Sid getting there and Chris also tags along. And the choir uh, recital stars, starts. But at first it's only girls singing. And then they think it might be the wrong concert because, or like the wrong recital because Tony is not there. But then the girls like part down and Tony and Abigail appear and they have their solos and Michelle is looking at Tony all in love as he sings. Abigail and Tony are in stage and they hold hands as they continue to sing staring into each other's eyes and then Tony leans in and kisses Abigail and Michelle looks completely devastated as she watches on. The singing stops and everyone begins to clap and Michelle gets up and Sid and Chris follow after her. Michelle goes directly backstage, and since Sid is walking after her, it's the girls' changing room, so all the girls are pushing Sid around and covering themselves since they're in their underwear. 
Michelle barges into this small room at the back of the changing room, and then she sees Tony fondling Abigail's boob as he sing as she sings, and I need you now tonight. And I need you more than ever. And Michelle, as soon as Michelle sees them, she's like, what the fuck? And Abby's like, excuse me? And Tony tells Michelle that he was checking Mich Abigail's diaphragm contractions. And Michelle wants to know what is happening. And Tony says that he was putting on a good performance. And he asks her what she thinks. Michelle calls bullshit and calls him a wanker. And he tries to give her some flowers and a teddy bear, but she's not having it. The teddy bear that Tony had handed was Abigail's, and since Michelle took its head off, uh, Abigail is like, my lucky teddy. And Michelle tells her that she can fuck off too. And Abigail wants to know why she's overreacting, which Michelle yells, right in my face, you whore. Abigail tells Michelle that she has mental issues and how she might need some help with her emotional outbursts. And she's like, oh, my mom is a psychologist, so she could help you. And Michelle slaps her hard across the face and this turns on a switch on Abigail because she yells out, I'll kill you, you flat-chested suck, sock-sucking suck, spastic horse fucker. Okay, let me try again. So Michelle slaps Abigail and Abigail responds, I'll kill you, flat-chested sock-sucking spastic horse fucker. And Tony's amused and Sid is like, wow, good swearing. Michelle tells Tony, she's like, bye. And he's like, later nips. And Tony asks Abigail if she can give him and sit a moment. And she agrees because she needs to take her medication. Tony's like, I told you that it was going to be worth coming for. Michelle and I are on a break. Sid asks if he did that on purpose. And Tony tells Sid to go after Michelle. And Sid is confused. And Tony explains that life just opened up a few opportunities for him. And Sid doesn't understand because Michelle is his girlfriend. And Tony says, who you love. Tony says how change is a wonderful thing and how it's a great thing about it, how it's the greatest thing about the universe and how that is why it's so much fun. And and he tells um, and Sid tells Tony that he's going to go check on Michelle. Sid walks out of the room and Abigail just standing there and Sid tells her that Michelle would never fuck a horse. And she just walks in and her and Tony begin to make out. Cut to Chris flirting with some half-naked girl from the choir concert, and he's, like, reading her palm or pretending to, and she looks all interested. Chris has mad fucking game. So outside of the choir hall or whatever, Michelle is walking alone, and then this girl gang, and by girl gang, gang I mean white girls wearing pink tracksuits and visors, and they stop Michelle, and they start to harass her, and they tell the main girl that Michelle is giving them cheek. So I guess giving them cheek is that she's like ignoring them or giving her, giving them attitude. So Sid gets there and he pulls Michelle aside. But as they're walking away, Michelle calls the main girl a fat bitch. So the girl punches Michelle in the face and the girl gang begins to pull her hair as Sid is trying to pull her away. Sid manages to get her out of the way, and he asks Michelle if she's okay, but she's freaking out, and she accuses Sid about knowing about Abigail, and he tells her that he didn't know. Sid tries to explain that he really didn't know, and Michelle just tells him to fuck off as she walks away. So now Sid is all alone, and the girl gang comes back around and surrounds Sid as they tell him that he gave them cheek too, and he tries to apologize, but they say that that doesn't work for them, so they jump him too. Afterwards, Sid is on the floor. Uh, afterwards, like Sid is um, 
like on the ground and this unhoused man comes over and pees on Sid. So then we see Sid trying to sneak back into his house, but his parents are waiting for him. And he makes up a lie about where he was, but he's all bloody and smelling of piss. And his dad is telling, is yelling at him, and Sid calls his dad a dildo. And uh, this makes him super angry. Sid gets up to his room, and Cassie's sitting in his bed. And he's like, what are you doing here? And she reminds him that he invited her around, and she tells him how she has been waiting and she wants to know where he was at and with who. Sid is like, Michelle. And Cassie says, Michelle? Wow. Sid tries to tell her how he had a bad night. And Cassie just says, Michelle is so lovely. Michelle, my girl, I love her. I love her. I love her. So, hey, wow. Fuck you, Sid. Sid tells her to uh, keep it down because of his parents. And she just says, fuck you again and how she's going home. Sid tries to stop her so she won't leave and she tells him to let her go and then Cassie kisses him and reminds him that it's his choice and how everything is his choice and before she leaves she whispers in his ear wake up Sid and then she walks out and slams the door behind her and he's just like bollocks so it's the morning and Sid walks out of the house and his mom is waiting uh like in the car and she offers him a ride to school in the car, Sid asks his mom if she ever thinks that she knows someone, but then they always find a way to surprise them. And his mom explains that his dad is having a hard time, but Sid lets her know that he was not talking about his dad and how he was talking about Tony. His mom is like, Tony is lovely, and Sid is just over it. In the school parking lot, Sid thinks his mom and he's about to get out, but his mom tells him to come back inside the car. Sid's mom says, you know, we both really love you, right, Sid? And Sid's like, I suppose. And she says that he that he wants that his dad wants him to make more of an effort. Oh, no. She's like, I want you to make more of an effort with your dad. And she's like, he's a good guy. And Sid says not recently. And his mom agrees, but she lets him know how things change and how he needs to work out a way to get along with him and how she knows that it's hard. And Sid promises that he will try. His mom tries to say something else, but she changes the subject and she gives him her sunglasses for his black eye, and then Sid gets out of the car, and she tries to tell him something again, but in the last moment, she changes her mind, and then she just sits in the car, contemplating life. Again, Sid is in class, and he's distracted by the old couple hooking up across the way, and the teacher calls his attention and tells him to take off his glasses, sunglasses, and everyone is shocked by the black eye, and the teacher also says how everyone passed the class except Sid. The guys, like all his homies, ask Sid what happened to him, and he lies and says nothing and how he's fine. And the teacher asks if he's been fighting and how that is not very much uh, changing and developing, developing of him. And he reminds him that he has 24 hours left to turn in his paper. Chris gets to class late, and he sits with Maxie and Anwar, and he tells him that his night was great and how it was everything he could ever want from an evening. Songs choir, girls, colorful costumes, fellatio, and rabbits. <laughs> Maxie asks about the rabbits, and Chris is like, don't ask, man. Chris notices Sid, and he asks if Michelle beat him up, and Sid tells him that it was these girls and how they were big. <laughs> Jal is also there, and she gets mad at Sid because he was supposed to be hanging out with Cassie, and he tells her that he that there was a mix-up, and Jal says how Cassie was really lo looking forward to that, and sh she just looks disappointed at Sid. 
The teacher dismisses the class early and they all rush out of there, but the teacher keeps Sid back and he asks if the coursework will be ready for tomorrow. And the teacher reminds him that there are people he can talk to and how he is there for him in all ears. So Sid is like, okay, I guess. And he explains that his best friend wants him to make a move on his girlfriend who he loves, even though she really loves him and and um, loves him and hates Tony and how his dad detests him and thinks he's a fuck off. And no matter where he goes and no matter how hard he tries, he can't stop pissing everyone off. He asks the teacher if he can help sort that out. And the teacher's like, yeah, give me a moment. And then he's like, Life, Sid, there are lots of ups and downs. It's like a bird flying. Find your wings, Sid, and do your fucking coursework. Otherwise, you're fucked. And the teacher fist bumps Sid in an effort to be cool, and Sid just walks out of class. So Sid runs into Tony in the hallway, and he thinks Michelle beat him up for trying to make a move on her too quickly. And how he's like, the key is to wait 48 hours. And Sid tells him how this whole situation is fucked, and he asks Tony if he doesn't like Michelle anymore. And Tony's response is, I told you, it's a gift. And Sid tells him how he, he freaks him out sometimes, and Tony, Tony tells him that at least it's never dual. Tony tells him to run, uh, ring Michelle up and take her out for a drink. And he asks, what's the worst that could happen? And he also reminds him that it's his choice. So Sid takes out his phone and calls Michelle and she tells him to fuck off and how she does not want to speak to him. And he apologizes and said how he wants to see her to make up, make up to make it up to her. And then we see that Cassie is, a, is like around the corner and she's hearing Sid talking to Michelle on the phone and she looks super sad. Sid tells Michelle to please meet him at Ronnie's bar and how he will explain everything to her and how he just wants to see her. Cut to Cassie at a restaurant and she orders the burgers with fries and she's just staring at her food for a long time before she takes a bite of the fries and she begins to scarf down all the food. We then see Sid having a beer at the bar and Michelle gets there and she's wearing sunglasses and Sid thanks her for coming and she awkwardly sits down next to him. Sid asks why she was not at college today, and she takes off her sunglasses to reveal a black eye, and Sid laughs because they're matching, and he comments on how that girl had a really great right hook. Sid tells Michelle that he didn't know that Tony was pulling that stunt, and how he promises, and then Michelle kisses him in the cheek. Sid wants to know what that was for, and she says, for forgetting that you and Tony are different people. And she explains that it's all, it always seems like they come as a package deal, but how Sid is sweeter and nicer than Tony is. Sid is like, I'm one of the nice boys. Fantastic. And then Michelle lets her know how she loves that song that the bar is playing, and she takes off her cardigan, and Sid is staring directly at her tits, and he's like, I love you. But she didn't. She's like, huh? And she asks, she's like, oh, nothing, nothing. And she asks him to dance with her, and he's reluctant, but he agrees to dance with her. They're now sexually swaying in the dance floor, and then they're, they're the only ones dancing. And then we see Cassie, like it cuts to Cassie sitting alone, alone in a bench drinking vodka. Tony gets to the bar, and he sees Michelle and Sid dancing, and then it cuts to Cassie chasing a pill with a shot of vodka. And then we see her take a whole bunch of other pills as she drinks more vodka. Tony approaches them dancing, and he tells Michelle how he's like, oh, I've been a bit silly, haven't I? And Sid tries to walk away, but then Tony grabs him to stay as he and Michelle stare at each other passionately. Sid finally uh, is able to walk away, and then Tony and Michelle begin to make out.
cut to the same restaurant where earlier Cassie had been uh, eating a burger and Sid is now also eating a burger and fr fries and he takes out his cell phone and dials Cassie. And Jal answers and she's in an ambulance with Cassie who just overdosed and Jal tells how Cass Jal tells Sid how Cassie's done something and Sid asks why and Jal is crying. You really got no idea for fuck's sake, Sid. Sid asks where Cassie is being taken to and Jal is like, where do you think I'm going? And Jal hangs up and she and, and then we see Jal kiss Cassie's head. Sid makes it to the hospital where Jal is sitting with Cassie, who's asleep, and Sid asks if Cassie's all right, and Jal tells him how she will be. Sid asks what they've done to her, and Jal says how they pumped her stomach, and Sid is all confused, and Jal gets all up on Sid's face, and she says, listen, Sid, why have you... Oh, she's like, listen, Sid, why have you chosen to start caring about her now? You're the last person she needs here now. Sid is like, why is this my fault? And Jal tells him how all he needed to do was go on a fucking date with Cassie and how that was it. And then the doctor gets there and lets them know that only relatives can visit. And he asks if they're family. Sid uh, like immediately says no. And Jal says that she's Cassie's sister. Uh, Cassie's white and she's black. <laughs> and that's, the doctor is like, yeah, right. And she's and he asks, is he your brother? And Jal says, no, he's not. Sid walks out of there and Jal sits back down with Cassie. Sid then gets home and he finds his dad sitting in the couch drinking and Sid asks what is going on and Mark says, your mom is gone. Sid asks what he means and Mark explains that she packed her bags and went to her sister's house and how it's something she said she needed to do and how she can't live there and talk to him anymore. Sid asks if they split up and his dad is like, God, no. And Sid says, so she's just not living here or talking to you? And his dad says how his mom says that she's sorry. Sid says that it isn't her fault, and uh, he kind of blames his dad. Mark says how relationships are complicated and how he shouldn't blame himself. And Sid, t Sid is like, no, I don't blame myself. I blame you. And uh, and his dad, Mark, is like, yeah, I know. Um, Sid tells him to shut up, and he asks, why did you let her go? Mark tries to explain it, and Sid says, because you're a fuck you are fucking useless, you sodding idiot, you bastard, you fucking stupid bastard. That's my mom, and now she's gone. Mark apologizes, and Sid says how it's a bit late for that, and Sid brings the phone over and tells his dad to call his mom, and if he doesn't call her, he will ground him until he gets her back, and then he just goes upstairs and tells his dad how he has got things to do. In his room, his dad... Uh, he's now in his room and his dad like comes in and brings back his TV and his stereo and Sid sits down in front of the computer and Sid tells his dad how it'll be okay and then his dad walks out and Sid is having a hard time thinking of what to type and his phone rings and it's Tony and he answers but he doesn't say anything and Tony tells him how it was just a laugh and how he knows that he's there and to not be a fucking pussy and then Sid just hangs up on him without saying anything and he begins to type slowly as he reads from his book. And then we see him work on the essay the whole night. End of episode. All right, fuck the fam. You already know what time it is. It's time for our segment section, starting with that character fucked up. Yes, they did. Sid, sweetie pie, darling. Like, I don't understand how you just had a parent-teacher conference, your dad is literally screaming at you, 
at while you're in school so everyone's seeing this like the teacher's telling you bro like if you don't get your shit together i'm giving you one last chance to get your shit together and then you're like you know what i should do right after all this happened do you know what i should do i should skip class literally the easiest class i think it was dance class or like theater or whatever he's like i should skip the easiest fucking class I have and go smoke weed in the lawn by myself or in the green. Sit. <laughs> like, actively choosing to be a dumbass just makes me, like, I don't dislike Sid, but I don't love him either. He's just there and he, like, keeps fucking up. But I'm just like, bro, get it together. Your, your teacher is being nice enough to give you one last chance, okay? Okay. This next one is also for Sid. Sid fucked up a lot this episode. Next one. Okay, your dad comes in, takes away everything. Your radio, your TV, your porn magazines. And you're like, you know what I should do? I should, I should jack off. Okay, perfect. Fine. I feel like if you're going to masturbate... <laughs> At least, at the very fucking least, lock the door. It's either you masturbate at night when you know everyone's asleep or you lock the door. Una de las dos. One of the two options, all right? It's not that fucking hard. And uh, don't jack off staring at a picture of your best friend's girlfriend. Is Michelle hot? Yes. Does it have the raging teenage hormones also yes is it a morality thing to jack off to your best friend's girl i mean those who there's a saying in spanish that it's like uh ojos que no ven corazón que no siente like whoever doesn't see their heart won't feel um that saying could be applied for a lot of things in my life and I'm pretty sure yours too. So I guess like, I'm pretty sure there's a translation for this saying. Um, I can't think of it. I literally, take a shot. <laughs> can't think of it. But yeah, dude, like that's so embarrassing. I mean, do you think it's embarrassing if your friend walks in on you like masturbating? What do you think is more embarrassing? Like your parents walking in on you masturbating or your friend walking? No, your parents. I think it's the parents, definitely. Imagine they catch you mid-orgasm. Like that would just be so traumatizing. Like, oh my God. Oh my God, I can't. I can't. <laughs> also, Tony, Tony, I feel like this isn't a fuck up because it was deliberate. But why is Tony such an asshole? Not him. Fucking plotting. Tony was plotting to break Michelle's heart during his recital or his concert or whatever the fuck it was. Okay, okay, let me let me say that again. Tony plotted or planned to kiss Abigail during his concert in front of Michelle. Like he told Michelle to go and he told Sid to go because he, I guess 
he felt sorry for Sid after he saw him masturbating to Michelle's picture? That's fucking horrible. You're a horrible fucking person. You're going to break your girlfriend's heart so that your homie can get some pussy. I mean, bros before hoes. Ah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Fuck the fuck the fam. I'm so sorry. I did not mean that. But honestly, okay, let me think of it. If I was a girl and I was in Tony's position and I'm like, oh, I'm going to make my boyfriend mad at me so that my virgin friend can get some dick. It's not that it's not as bad when a girl plans it. Like honestly, Tony planning it makes it bad. But re remember that I I um respect women's rights and women's wrongs. So I feel like that's why I don't think it's as bad for a woman to do it. I I girlies, girly pause. I got your back. You trying to be messy? I got your back. You trying to plot? You trying to trick? You trying to manipulate? I got your back. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. What else? And then, dude, okay, so he kissed her already, and then Michelle's all fuck after like the initial shock. She's so fucking pissed. She's like rushing to get to Tony, and then he's like quote unquote checking Abigail's diaphragm by like grabbing her tit. Like he's literally massaging Abigail in the boob. As she sings, that's psychotic. It's psychotic, in it? <laughs> My next thing on the list, it says, giving cheek to the girl gave. <laughs> Michelle gave cheek. Sid gave cheek. And they got fucking, you know, they were both giving black eyes. Because you're not supposed to give cheek to the girl gang. And don't, Michelle called her fat. And I think that's where Michelle fucked up. Don't call a bitch fat. If anyone calls me fat, you know what I'm going to say? I actually thought about this today because I was like, damn, I've been with some really hot guys. And then I was like, damn, I'm not like your typical, like, European, like, white, like, skin tea type of girly pop. Like, I got my thing, but I got my thing. It's very unique. It's one of a kind. Oh, my God. I think I pressed something in my mic. I hope I hope nothing happened. I hope nothing f ha fucking happened. I don't know why I'm saying that with an accent. But then I was like, if anyone ever calls me fat, I'm going to be like, fatties get hotties. Like, <laughs> and again, there's nothing wrong with being like fat, but I feel like people still use it as like an insult. Like you're fucking fat, you know, um, I don't care. Fatties get hotties. I'm going to steal your boyfriend. This fatty's going to steal your boyfriend. Just kidding. Just kidding. I wouldn't do that. Well. Well, <laughs> just kidding. I wouldn't do it. Maybe. Just kidding. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Unless, like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. So, yeah, they gave cheek and they got beat. Oh, that rhymed. That didn't rhyme. That did not rhyme at all. <laughs> Again, I wrote it twice. Like, Tony tried to gift Michelle to Sid. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, what person in their right mind? Like, I know they're, like, stupid 16-year-olds, but at the same time, well, I don't know. 16-year-old brain is stupid. Like, I've been 16. You've been 16. 
Most of us have been 16. If you're 15, you're too young to be listening to me, sweetie. If you're 16, you're too young to be listening to me, sweetie pie. And if you're 17, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> but 16, your brain, I'm trying to talk. Yesterday I was put on the spot. They were like, I'm like, oh, my accents are really bad. And they're like, talk. And then I couldn't say anything because I couldn't remember how to speak with an accent. I could only do it when I'm podcasting. Like, it's so crazy. Okay, next thing in line. Dude, Sid, Sid had one job, okay? Again, this fool needed to stay home, write his fucking extra credit essay, hang out with Cassie, And then, you know, that's it. That's fucking it. And not make his parents mad. He didn't write his essay that first night. He forgot that Cassie was coming over because he blew her off after he was like, oh, I can't. I'm grounded. And then he still came out for Tony like such a fucking pussy, dude. Um, He made his parents mad by coming home all late and smelling like piss and he's a little bitch that's that's it but where where was i going with this okay yeah so (laughs) but i think where he fucked up the most was forgetting about cassie and honestly being a douchebag to cassie cassie you could tell before like they agreed to meet up later she was so excited she's like hey like just a reminder we have a i'm looking forward to her date and says like date what date um and she looks so cute. Like, she got all dressed up for the quote-unquote date, which was originally a date. And then it turned into Cassie hanging out with Sid because Sid was grounded. But then Sid wasn't there because he went with Tony because he's Tony's bitch. And then he went after Michelle because he's in love with Michelle. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Look, something that skater boy potheads don't know is that they if they put, like, if they were high just like a fraction of the amount less than they usually are high they would know that girls actually like them and want to be with them but they're like obsessed with another girl that's completely out of their league like take it down a fucking notch i could fuck hotties i mean i could (laughs) if anyone in my family is listening i'm so sorry sweetie sweetie sweaty (laughs) I can't, I can't. And well, Cassie, girly, I know you're heartbroken. I know, but popping all types of drugs and chasing it down with alcohol, it's not, no. Cassie, Sid is a fucking loser. You OD'd because of a fucking loser. I'm sorry, I know I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But it's just like, He's not, he's not your soulmate, sweetie. Sid? Sid again? Just kidding, that's not his name. I just invented that. Sid is not your soulmate. He's not it, sweetie. And he's not gonna change. Please give it up. I'm begging you, girl. This is not only for Cassie, but this is for all my delusional girlies out there fighting for a relationship that's never gonna happen or like being in a relationship with a man that doesn't treat you the way that you're supposed to get treated sweetie give it up please i'm begging i'm literally on my knees begging thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs>
<laughs> Dude, I have way too much fun recording these like podcast episodes. Like the job of having a podcast is a lot of fun, but me just being delusional in my mic for a a lot like a while I couldn't even say. It's so much fucking fun. Who wants to come be a guest in my podcast dude like i feel like we would just like get a little drunk get a little twisted and then just talk and it'll be recorded and it'll be so much fun so much fucking fun also again so savage of the week award jow honestly jow is the realest down ass hyena in skins uk ever out of out of probably all the generations yeah yeah um Jao is always there for everyone. Like she stood up to her dad. She was there for Chris when he was having his breakdown. She's there for Cassie, like riding with her to the like hospital, being there with her in the hospital. <sighs> and calling sit out for his bullshit. Like, dude, like you didn't have to do much. You just had to go on a fucking date with her and you couldn't even do that. Piece of shit. I hate men. Men are really disappointing. I mean, I feel like this is a discussion we have all the fucking time, but it's the truth. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all I have for today's episode. Yay! yay. <laughs> so you already know the drill. Follow the podcast on social media on Instagram where that show effed me up. And on Twitter, where that DAT show fucked me up, fucked is spelled without a U, without the U, so it's that show F C K U E D me up. <laughs> that why did it make it so complicated? So that DAT show fucked without the U, so F C K E D me up. That show fucked me up without the U. I made it so fucking complicated. Give the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. It helps with disability. It helps more people find uh, the podcast, join the fucked up family, and be part of the shared psychosis that we all experience when we listen to this beautiful little podcast. Yes. Um, thank you all for listening. I adore you. My day ones, my ride or dies, my sister's sister. I don't know why I said that, <laughs> but I really appreciate y'all for listening. I love you all so much. And remember, be gentle, be kind, and don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be. Goodbye.